It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Rams Nation, what's happening, what's good? It's your boy Bear Motter from Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. This is the Thursday edition of Lockdown Rams, and you know what that means. We are moving on to our next guest of honor, Vinny Bonsignor today. Super excited about that. I had a great conversation with him not too long ago, which I'm going to play here shortly. Guys, don't forget, check us out on all social media accounts. Locked on Rams, Facebook, Facebook groups, still working on the group thing, getting access, so bear with me there, but keep throwing invitations. I got to see if they're coming through. Instagram, Twitter, LA underscore Rambling Bear on Twitter as well. That's my personal. And then hit the subscribe button. Share it. Got a bunch of new listeners, so I appreciate all the new people joining us. This is a weekly podcast, so you're going to get me Monday through Friday with a bunch of awesome guests great content it's your team every day on the lockdown podcast network if you don't know now you know i'm gonna do a couple other little network plugs before we get on and rolling guys don't forget to check out the nfl lockdown nfl podcast with matt williamson he's got great guests every day and then the other big one on the network that we're really excited about is our Locked On Fantasy Football with Vinny Liar. Same thing. Same weekly guest every week. Brings on amazing people. Helps you figure out those start-sit situations, who you want to pick up on the waiver wire and more. So go check those out. And then basketball's back, baby. Go check out all the amazing podcasts we have. Find your favorite team. Tell me what you think about their show. Really excited to be on this network. We're doing amazing things. We continue to grow. And hey, someone step up to the plate and do a Dodgers podcast for me, man. They are in the playoffs. Super excited about that. We're not going to talk about the Cubs, man. (laughs) 13 innings, that hurt. But moving on to what's really important, that's the Los Angeles football Rams. And we've got none other than Vinny Bonsignor. So I'm just going to get right to the good stuff. I'm going to toss it over to the conversation I had earlier today. When I say earlier today, like 10 minutes ago, with the man, the myth, the legend, Vinny Bonsignor. So I hope you guys enjoy it, and we'll be back tomorrow with Serena Morales to wrap it up with the Friday Hype Edition, and then it's on to Seattle, baby. Here's my conversation with Vinny Bonsignor. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. This is the Thursday edition of Lockdown Rams, and you know what that means. We're back on a regular schedule, which means we've got Vinny Bonsignor with us. Vinny, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm hoping that uh, the fans are uh, their, their their hearts not beating uh, as much as it was about a week ago. They uh, they they they've calmed down a little bit. Got another important game coming up, but that was quite uh, the scene and quite the game Thursday uh, against the Vikings. Yeah, very true. You're right. We didn't get to talk last week, and that was a little bit more nerve wracking going into that game than this <laughs> game. Although, if yes, Sean McVay, each game is the same and. You know, it's a, it's a great point and, and a good transition because that's kind of my first question. It's Seahawks week. You know, looking back over the past few years, this has always been a big game for the Rams, and they've really actually done pretty well over the past four or five years in this game. But it's usually the Seahawks that have the advantage. Obviously, that is not the same. They're extremely banged up, but they're still a division rival. It's on the road. What do you see being the biggest challenge for this team in not really overlooking the Seahawks or getting caught in a trap game? Yeah, I don't... I don't anticipate that being a problem. Um, you know, I'm going to go back to what I always feel about 
you know, a team as as powerful and uh, efficient and confident uh, as the Rams are, and that's just avoiding any, you know, monumental mistakes, any key turnovers, uh, and just kind of maximizing their opportunities, uh, you know, when they're, when they're available. Um, in a lot of ways, they kind of remind me of those, you know, uh, not so long ago Seahawks teams where they were just a better team than you. They were more confident. They were better coached. Uh, and they were going to lower the boom on you. Um, and it was going to take a combination of them beating themselves and somebody really good being able to take advantage. Now, granted, the Rams, for whatever reason, even in some of their darker years, you know, uh, got the, for whatever reason, were able to get the Seahawks every once in a while. But, you know, those days are over. Uh, I just see a very, very confident Rams team and one that's super mature, really intelligent. Uh, I think people are starting to hear that more and more. It's something that I've observed for a while now. It began last year and definitely through OTAs and, and training camp. I just got a sense of how um, measured this team was, how conscientious this team was. Um, and I don't see them tripping up, uh, you know, through their own, you know, validity, through something that they're doing uh, almost consciously. This is going to take kind of a, uh, a combination of them falling, you know, uh, and stubbing their toes and somebody being good enough to take advantage of that. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's it's crazy to listen to these guys' interviews throughout the week. I mean, if you just took a blind quote and put it up on the board and gave, you know, four guesses on who said that, it's going to be so hard to answer that question because they're so uniform in their answer as far as, you know, their confidence and sticking to the game plan and getting out fast and attacking and, you know, just kind of those McVeighisms are are coming through everybody. And, and like you said, there's just something that you got to experience at the beginning of the year in training camp and really see those guys uh, at the beginning of this. And now here we are five weeks in and, and it's, you know, just really clicking at this point. And you're right. Uh, a game that really, you know, should be a winnable game. And one thing that I love uh, under the McVay era is you really start to see that when there's winnable games, they're winning those games. That, that was the one thing in the Jeff Fisher yeah. era. You'd always say, Oh, we play up to teams and then we play down to teams. And it, and with McVeigh, right. there's not really a difference. It's kind of you're playing up to both no. whether they're down or up. Yeah, and uh, just going back real quick to what you were saying, the one thing uh, I would add is by no means are these guys, they're not robots, and that's what I really, really respect about them. Um, you know, yeah, they, they might be cliched uh, at times in their, in their, in their answers uh, to some, certain questions, but, on the other, but uh, in addition to that, there's some depth there as well. And for me, it goes back and talking to these guys and, and, you know, I'm writing a story about the offensive line that's going to run later on tonight or tomorrow um, about the ownership that everybody has, the investment that, that the coaching staff um, asks these guys to make, not just in uh, their play on the field, but the entire process. And by um, investing in that process, they have an ownership of that process and the payoff is the result. And it's, it's, it's a really unique uh, and refreshing method that they that they have with with all of this. So that's why I keep going back to I don't see them stubbing their toe because they're just overlooking something, some, you know, somebody because of the ownership that they have on this week to week process. Uh, there's so much pride in it. And when you talk to these guys, um, you sense that you, you get the sense that they're not just, hey, I'm doing what the coach said. I'm doing what we all kind of came up with and we all figured out was the best plan of attack and we're going to all execute it from coaches right on down to players. And to me, that's really unique and refreshing. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's it's funny, uh, I think it was Sullivan who said maybe this week or last week that you know all of his years in the NFL, he's never been with a team that is so basically on the same page and, and really in the offensive line kind of you know playing off of what you just said. 
is and coming from veterans like him and Whitworth to have that feeling is you're like, wow, this coach has really got something going. Everyone's bought in. And when you hear veterans that have been in the league 13 plus years say things like that of the youngest coach in the NFL, it's pretty, pretty amazing mm-hmm. thing. What we're going to do is we're going to step aside really quick for a word from our sponsors. Guys, make sure before we do, uh, check out Vinny on The Athletic. He just talked about an article he's putting together on the offense line. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. If you haven't checked it out yet, uh, there's still really great deals to get into subscriptions. If you guys need a promo code, shoot me a message. Uh, I think we still have some running here on the Lockdown Network. So we're going to step aside real quick. Another word from our sponsors. We'll be right back with some more with Vinny Bonsignor. All right, guys, before we move on, I want to talk to you about Shady Rays. Yes, the best sunglass company out there. They're an independent sunglass company with the best guarantee. Not only a craftsmanship guarantee on their product, but if you lose them or you break them, they're going to give you a brand new pair. All you have to do is cover the shipping and handling. Most sunglasses go for about 45 bucks. They do have a couple ones that go up a little bit higher, but they're offering you, the Locked On listener, exclusively the best deal that they've had yet. It's a buy one, get one, or 50% off of two or more sunglasses. All you have to do is enter the promo code LOCKEDON. So go to ShadyRays.com, S-H-A-D-Y-R-A-Y-S.com. Enter the promo code LOCKEDON and get 50% off of two pairs or more. Basically, a buy one, get one. Find a friend. Go Habsies on the best pair of sunglasses you'll ever own. I'm not even joking to you. I got two of them. I live in California. I wear these things everywhere. I went on a camping trip last week and I was so confident that I could really do anything with them because they were going to have my back at any time. It's the best warranty in the game. I I didn't even know this existed in sunglass world, but you got to jump on it and you got to jump on it now. So the promo code is just running for the time that we're doing this sponsorship for a couple weeks. So check it out. ShadyRays.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON and you can thank me later. I guarantee it. What the where the love go? Five, four, three, two, I let one go. Wow, I don't bluff, bro. The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we are back Thursday edition of Locked On Rants. We got Vinny Bonsignor with us. And we're talking kind of about this week coming up and something that we didn't really have to game plan for much last year that is now coming into play this year. And we've talked about in the last couple of weeks is injuries, right? It's something that last year we just cruised on through and we had maybe one or two, but we've actually gotten to see McVay get really creative with the organization as they're moving people on and off this roster and making sure that we have the best 53 guys out there. Uh, this week has, you know, just like other weeks, uh, lots of different moving pieces I want to get your take on a couple of them. Uh, we went from a couple days ago, it was like 
Greg Zerline is going to play or potentially going to play to maybe we'll suit up two kickers to, no, actually, I think we're going to cut Ficken. We're going to sign Santos. So when you see this kind of movement over the last couple of days, you know, how much longer do you think time-wise do you think this move is buying Greg Zerline? And how long can we expect to see uh, Santos in a Rams uniform? Well, I would say that at least a couple of weeks. And uh, that was the whole point of, um, of, of the move that they made. Um, you know, I got a text from somebody, uh, you know, in the organization. and was like, hey, we loved him, but we just felt like we needed a little bit more experience as that bridge back to Greg. Um, so the thing is, it's, it's, as, as that game on Thursday showed, um, small sample size, what did he have, two kicks? Two, two, two field goals in that right. game, and he missed one, and that could have been a huge, huge miss. So even though you know he's only missed a couple of – and we're talking about Sam – even though he only missed a couple of kicks, one of them could have been just you know a complete backbreaker. And that's the fine line of the NFL. And um, you know when you're talking about the stakes that the, that the Rams are playing for, those slimmest of margins, those smallest of margins um, have to always be adhered to. So – they didn't like having to cut Sam, but they felt like they needed just a little bit more of a veteran guy, um, you know, who could give them a little bit more confidence and stability in the kicking game just in case it came down to another situation. So, you know, they made that move, uh, but, you know, we can't lose sight of the fact that this is really about, you know, them getting Greg Zerline healthy, and um, they feel like he's closing in, but he's not quite there yet, and they just needed a little bit more stability to get them to when he gets back. Yeah, and I think I saw a quote from Santos talking about how he has been in this position before that Greg's been in, and he's going to come in here and do the best he can. And he understands also that Greg is out there waiting to come back. So the nice thing is you can tell that he understands his role. And I think if you're any free agent right now, you would love to be a part of this Rams team. So however you can wiggle your way in. And this is just a random question that popped in my head here. And you may know this, you may not, but if you're on a roster, let's say you participate in three games, and I know I'm going way ahead here, but if the Rams end up winning the Super Bowl, would Ficken and Santos both get a ring, or how does that work? Um, I think it's up to the team themselves. Uh, you know, I used to work for the Los Angeles Lakers, and, and um, you know, when it got down to championship rings and playoff shares, um, that was always decided by a player vote. Uh, the team voted on it. Um, so... Um, I would imagine, I don't know, uh, that's, it's a really good question. I don't know if there's any kind of, you know, official stipulation on that, but, uh, but it would probably, and I'm just guessing here, but don't, so don't quote me, but it would probably come down to a player vote to decide, you know, how long somebody needed to be on to be somebody that got a championship rank. Nice. Yeah. I won't, I won't hold you to that. I just, it kind of came across my brain as I was thinking about it and I figured you, you've been in the biz a little bit longer. (laughs) Yeah, let's just say that Ram fans and the Ram players are hoping, I'm sure, for that type of a vote at some point. So, yeah. uh, you know, that'll be, a, that'll be a good problem to have for them. Definitely, definitely. So as we kind of move along on some of this injury stuff that we've got going, uh, it sounds like Mark Barron's playing this week, which is really exciting. A guy that, you know, we talked about the last few weeks and haven't seen much since, you know, he really signed that big contract. Uh, you know, I think he's one of those guys on the bubble as you look forward it, ahead to next year as they're looking at maybe saving some money, whether they try to renegotiate his contract or even if he's a, he's a casualty that gets cut here. Um, you know, who knows with how he ends up playing and coming out. Um, but what, what do you think he brings to this team? I know a lot of people, we haven't seen him in a long time, so how impactful can he be right away? Well, if he's right physically, um, he, he absolutely helps 
in the uh, pass coverage game. Um, and we saw, you know, Friday, or excuse me, Friday, Thursday against the Vikings. Granted, it was against a high-octane offense. I think Ram fans need to keep that in perspective with the Vikings. They're going to do a lot of damage to a lot of different people because they're that talented. Um, so I wouldn't get too caught up in how many points they gave up uh, in, in that game. You don't want to, but, you know, you have to keep things in perspective. But um, I think that he definitely helps um, in, in the pass game. And I think, you know, you're seeing – from the Rams' perspective, how they are able to create matchups with linebackers. And I feel bad for these linebackers because they're getting put in impossible situations. I mean, Anthony Barr having to cover, you know, Cooper Cup and, <laughs> and uh, you know, Todd Gurley. I mean, good luck. I, he, right. he had the, uh, you know, the big X on him and obviously failed miserably. Not, not you know, by, by his own failings. It's just a terrible matchup for a linebacker. But I think Barron actually helps in that regard because he's a former safety he's a hybrid he played both of those positions and he's qualified um really to, to help stabilize the pass coverage from that from that position so veteran leadership he's always been steady he's always been a good tackler um and and again he can be an asset both in run support and and pass coverage so i think that helps immediately yeah, I, I'm excited to see him back. And you mentioned kind of that Vikings matchup and how many points we gave up. And, you know, some, some people around in Rams Nation were a little concerned about our defense. I think you make a great point. It just kind of came after a weird game where they got basically almost shut out by Buffalo. So it was kind of this this back-to-back thing of like, wow, they played so bad against Buffalo and then came back. And I really think if you're looking at both those games, the Buffalo game is the weird part of it, right? Not coming out and putting up points against yeah. the Rams. So moving forward, you're right. I think our defense is in a little bit better shape than, you know, maybe it came out of on that Thursday night game. And, you know, a short week, those week, those games are interesting. Some, you know, it turned into a shootout. And luckily, you know, we've got Jared Goff on the team putting up amazing numbers. He ended up being <laughs> NFC Offensive Player of the Week, uh, which was really deserving. So that was great to see. And then my last question for you as far as injuries go is I saw on Twitter you were able to have a chat with Obo Okoronko. Uh, how'd that go? Where, how's he feeling? What's going on with him? I mean, you know, they keep a tight lid, obviously, on uh, on the injury front. And, and my sources uh, in the organization said they haven't even gotten to the point of, you know, talking to, getting a, 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 a real, you know, solid um, update on where he is. They're going to wait till that six-week uh, period passes. That would be the week of the 49er game. Um, is when he's going to be eligible to practice, and then that's when they'll confer with their doctors and, and see, hey, is he ready to go? Uh, and, I mean, talking to him, you know, and watching him off to the side, doing some running and stuff like that, um, he's ready to go, and he's anxious to get out there. He's, like, very, very flustered that he isn't out there. And, like, we were joking about it. I, I, I told him because I brought up the whole, you know, people are blowing up my timeline, asking questions about him. <laughs> right. Like, I know, I see the same thing, you know, and uh, he goes, I want to play. Uh, but you know what? the pup rule, the physically unable to perform list rule. When you start the season uh, on that, you have to sit out six weeks and then you have to, you know, get your two weeks of practice time in after that or three weeks. So it's just by rule right now that he's being held back. So he's like, I want to play so bad, but you know, um, hopefully the fans understand that it's, there has to be a process that plays out, but he looks good. I mean, I'm no doctor and I'm not guaranteeing anything, but, He's in really good spirits. He was talking today uh, to Samson um, and and uh, uh, Justin Lawler about you know doing some extra work, getting together to do some extra work, you know, on their on their off time. So by all indications that I can see, he's definitely where he needs to be at least right now. And hopefully for him and the Rams, 
um, once those six weeks are up, he's going to be able to get the green light. And he can be, if he's ready to roll and if he's physically ready to go, uh, he showed um, at Oklahoma that he's got a, a real capability of rushing the passer. And right now, that's kind of what the Rams, uh, you know, would need. I think ideally in the perfect world, maybe they reg- maybe they would have redshirted him. But I remember talking to some people in the organization a couple of weeks ago, and it was like, we may not even have that choice. I mean, if, if the, a lot of times those decisions are made by how guys are standing up physically, and as we already saw, Dominic Easley goes out, so it might not even be the decision – hey, we'd love to just redshirt this guy. We, at this point, they really need him uh, to, to be available. And so if he's healthy, I expect him to be out there. Yeah, and like you said, it's it's crazy with that pup list. And, you know, the nice thing is for us, you know, Rams Nation fans and people around, and even probably for him is, I know he's biting and itching to get back, but it, it's not <laughs> like the Rams are holding him out or is he healthy enough. It kind of no. takes all the doubt away. And it's like, look, we got to wait till right here until we can make that decision. So, Everyone get your mind right and whatever it needs to do and, and circle that date and then we'll answer that question then. But it's good to hear that he's in great spirits. Um, you know, I think Rams Nation is really excited to see him as well, especially as you talk about some of those injuries and, you know, questions about depth at that position. So for him to come in and where we got him in the draft is still excites me, you know, for the potential player that he is and you know, look, mm-hmm. even looking at John Franklin Meyer and how he's performed. And, you know, I saw pro football focus. He was like number four as far as rookies go off the edge. And he's ahead of a couple first round picks. So, you know, thinking about some of the guys that we could pull from this draft, depending on how it works out. So hopefully some some health for him and we can get him uh, back sooner than later. And then looking big picture, uh, is there anybody else that I'm missing? I, I know I saw a couple inactives at practice. Uh, I think it was Higby was one, and then maybe, I can't remember if it was Whitworth or, no, maybe Saffold. Saffold. Okay, are, Saffold. are we worried about anyone else not playing on Sunday? Uh, I think that, I you know, I saw Roger today. I talked to him, uh, what was it, Monday, I guess it was. Uh, I think he plays. I mean, again, I'm not a doctor, uh, but he, he didn't seem to be having the uh, expression of, somebody that wasn't going to be able to uh, to play. He seemed like he was in good spirits again and, and you know, not limping around, but he, he was held out of practice today for some sort of a knee issue. Um, you know, I guess we're going to find out a little bit later in the week tomorrow uh, and, and get a better understanding of what his condition is and whether he's going to be able to play on Sunday. All right, good to hear. And I, I think I'm with you. I, I, I'm no doctor and I wasn't there, but, you know, I know how tough those O-line guys are and, you know, I think at this point, even even this early in the season, you start to get some of those guys that are really important to you. If they need a breather, probably give them a breather. You know, Sean McVay's kind of shown not only this year and then even in the past as he rested his starters, you know, week 17, that if, if there's a good chance to give a guy a break and let him get healthy, it sounds like that's the direction he's going to go. So hopefully it's not a big concern. What we're going to do is we're going to step aside. We're going to take another quick break from our sponsors. We'll be right back with more with Vinny Bonsignor. All right, guys, before we get over to the third segment, I want to talk to you about MyBookie.ag. You know what the deal is. We love MyBookie.ag. It's not always about who you're going to bet on, but where are you going to bet it on? Go to MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN25 to get $25 whenever you deposit $100. Guarantee you is the best deal they have going. And the best thing is it's for anybody. If you already are a member, go use the promo. Get the money. I love it. Every time I deposit, I'm throwing $25 extra on top of what I put down. It makes me super happy. I feel like I'm already winning. 
They've got in-game live betting, super fast payouts. They've been in the industry for years, so they are the best of the best. Bear stamp of approval, which that, that means something these days. So go check them out, mybookie.ag, promo code LOCKEDON25, and share your picks with me because I'm trying to win some money. I've been doing a little bit better lately, but I'm always open to hear a good bet idea. So hit me up. You know where to find me mybookie.ag promo code lockdown25 what the f though where the love go 5432 I let one go wow get the f though I don't bluff bro this is Vinny Iyer host of Locked On Fancy Football with your Locked On Fancy Football Edge of the Day tight end is a prime position for finding fancy football sleeper value in 2020 after George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early don't worry you can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, we are back. Thursday edition, final segment. Locked On Rams. We've got Vinny Bonsignor with us. And we talked in the last segment, you, you talked about how big of a challenge it is for some of these opposing linebackers as you got to go out there and guard Todd Gurley and Cooper Cup. And one of the Rams' former reporters, uh, Danny Kleppinger, put up uh, a report today that she's doing. Uh, she's actually covering for the Seahawks or the Northwest Sports. And she, she heard from Bobby Wagner, and he was asked about the specific play that we just talked about with Cooper Cup coming across making that terrible um, matchup for the linebacker. And when his response to it was, I'm a different linebacker than that guy, and I believe I can run with the receiver. Uh, do, you think, do you think that's true? I know we, we, we hold Bobby Wagner in a higher regard, uh, but are we going to still be able to create some, some terrible matchups for these Seahawks this week? Well, uh, first and foremost, I have the utmost respect for Bobby Wagner, but it's not so much that Anthony couldn't uh, run with them. Um, he just the way the play was designed. He lost a step on him, and then it was too late. Then you then it's just almost impossible to catch up to him, you know, at that point. So, um, and I don't know exactly what else Bobby would have done uh, in that situation, considering the way that play was designed. It was off of a play fake, so you have to honor the run. Um, he looks Jared Goff looks left, so he pulls the cornerback back that way. Uh, Cooper Cup almost looked like he was trying to he was going to help uh, the tackle Andrew Whitworth block his guy and then he cuts away from that so he just sort of out of nowhere emerges crossing Anthony Barr's face and that, at that point that's when Anthony's like oh no you know I got to go run with him and by then it was it was too late so yeah do I think that Bobby Wagner can can physically stay with uh, a Cooper Cup yeah but if you if you aren't if you're tricked by the play to begin with it's over with. It's done. Yeah. I care how fast you are. When you lose that containment like that against a great athlete like Cooper Cup or Todd Gurley, for that matter, you know, then you're, that, that step behind is all the difference in the world. And by the time it was all said and done, he was a good two steps, you know, behind Cooper Cup, and it was a perfect pass and an easy touchdown. So, 
you know, I respect Bobby Wagner, but he's going to, he's going to get challenged. I'll tell you that uh, in this game and we'll see how he holds up uh, to the challenge. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny you mentioned, you know, the, the play design. You're right. And you could see the oh crap moment on the linebacker when, yeah. right when he noticed, like, I'm burnt. And he almost even tried to look like yeah. he even tried to grab him, you know, like just take the penalty. But at that point, you mentioned it, it was right. way too late. And a beautiful on target pass from uh, Jared Goff, you know, ended up in a 70 yard touchdown pass. I got this question yesterday, and I kind of want to throw it to you. Um, we I had a locked on crossover with the locked on Seahawks podcast and they were talking about how awesome Jared Goff has been. And, you know, they're really starting to finally go, okay, he's a good quarterback. So many people have just been living in that system quarterback world slash like, you know, it, it you know, it's all Sean McVay and you're starting to see him make those throws, those amazing throws that, you know, he's been doing week after week. And he hit me with the question, which I want to hear your response to it is he said with Jared Goff getting better, is this offense going to slowly start to go through Jared Goff, or is it going to still kind of remain Todd Gurley is the centerpiece of this offense and really pick and choose how you want to go off uh, you know, on a certain given day? Or are we seeing Sean McVay start to get a little pass-happy with you know, seeing how he can take advantage with all his wide receivers? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I kind of think that it all runs through, through uh, Jared Goff to begin with anyway. Uh, I think it always does. And when you have a good quarterback – everything sort of plays off of that. Now, granted, you know, they're going to try to get Todd Gurley going. They're going to utilize him as the weapon he is, whether it's in the run game, and, uh, the pass game, screen, all those type of things. Um, and it's hard to say that he's not the primary guy, but I don't think he is. I think that Jared Goff's the primary guy and him distributing the ball, um, you know, to, to the bevy of, of weapons that he has and getting it to the right guy and going through his progressions and going through his reads. Um, so to me, this, this is the Jared Goff show. Now, he's got a tremendous supporting cast and what makes him so special in my eyes, anyway, and kind of saw this from the very beginning, is he has tremendous field vision. He can see from sideline to sideline and then up ahead of him. Um, he's got great feet to buy himself some time, a little bit more mobility than people think, um, but he, and he makes all the throws, and you're starting to see that on a more consistent basis. And just more him you know, taking those chances, um, you know, making throws that maybe other quarterbacks would be too scared to take because or throw because they're really hard throws and you can get bitten on the you-know-what if you don't put it where it needs to be put. But he has the confidence to make those throws. And I would always see that, you know, even in his first year, he didn't do it all the time in practice, but he did it enough times where you're going, okay, not many guys can make that throw right there. He just needs to keep building on it becoming more consistent, getting better players around him, getting in a better system, quote-unquote, um, and, and maturing and all that, which he has right before our very eyes. But I'm sorry. I think this is Jared Goff's offense, and, and Todd Gurley might be number 49%, but <laughs> that's, where, that, that's how I see it anyway. No worries. No apologies necessary there. It's a good answer, and, and that's what's fun about having two amazing, you know, potentially if they continue on this path, MVP-type caliber players is – you know, not many teams get to kind of have that argument, but it's a good one to have when you have so many good players. Right. So, <laughs> again, it goes back to that good problem to have that we talked about earlier. Uh, we do this every week with you. We we do. Um, you know, we're we're big fans of mybookie.ag, and the spread is seven and a half on the road. The Rams are minus seven and a half favored on the road. Uh, do you think they cover? I do think that they cover. I think this will be a a, a two score. Uh, situation. I'm not saying 42-7 like uh, like last year. I think it was was the final score. 
when they won the uh, NFC West uh, championship, but they're going to win pretty pretty handily. Again, uh, it has to take some sort of a collapse on their part, and the Seahawks are going to have to play almost over their heads to take advantage. I look at, yeah, they ran for 171 yards uh, last week, but they only beat the Cardinals, what, 2017, I think it was? Something yeah, last second field close, goal, yeah. Close. Yeah, so... Um, there's no way to read into that other than <laughs> they kind of struggled to be right. a really, really, really bad team. I think I had them ranked 31st or 32nd in my in my latest uh, poll. So, yeah, I mean, if the Rams come to play, which I expect them to, I think that they make easy work of the uh, of the Seattle Seahawks. And then it's on to Denver, which I think is going to be a sleeper of a of a of a of a challenge. Uh, but I think they take care of business this week easily. Nice. Yeah, the locked on Seahawks weren't too excited when I said you probably could add 10 points to that uh, over under <laughs> and we'd still probably cover. But, you know, looking at the transition in, in games in the first four games, we've outscored ourselves every game. So uh, my prediction was actually 42 to 23. I, I think I gave some pity points to make them feel a little bit better. But uh, I think it's I'm with you. I think it's going to be a big win. Again, you talked about, you know, it was a 52 yard field goal. Uh, to win the game last second against one of the worst teams in the NFL. They're back at home, but uh, I just like everything we have. I think we've only punted seven times this year, which is just insane. Thinking back three yeah. years ago, I think, you know, we, we were working Johnny Hecker so much that he was punting seven times a game. So, you know, we're looking at just an amazing turnaround. And I almost feel bad for Johnny. I mean, he's got to start making some of those touchdown throws because we got to get him to another Pro Bowl. <laughs> he's not punting enough to be seen. So yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure he'd give that Two up, things. though. <laughs> Yeah, two things. One, somebody uh, reached out to me. I think it was on Twitter, and you know, like, you know, what's wrong with Johnny Hecker? I was like, what am I missing? And I looked up and or looked at his stats. He's averaging forty-eight point five yards per kick. I mean, he's only kicked them seven times, and so maybe maybe uh, the the fan got you know caught up in a situational punt that he had to you know <laughs> put it out of bounds or something like that, or try to pin him back. So maybe that's the one he saw because otherwise he's still punting pretty good. And one more thing about the defense. Um, you know, going through all of this, they're still only out giving up, I think, 16.8 or 16.9 points per game, which is top 10 uh, in the league. So as much as people are wringing their hands over, over, over the defense, keep in mind that it's still giving up well fewer than, you know, 20 points a game. So if they can continue that, if they can leave it, you know, in, in and around that mark on a consistent basis, not every game, but most of the games, they're going to be in really good shape. Yeah, and just to kind of throw one more fun little stat on top of that, I think they lead the league in quarterback pressures as well, which you're right, this defense is just going to work itself out. You know, they're going to give up some points at times, but when when it gets to the fourth quarter, we've got so many closers on that defense, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Guys, make sure to go give Vinny a follow on Twitter. It's at Vinny Bonsignor. Also, check out The Athletic LA, who he writes for. And uh, we'll see you next week, Vinny. I'm excited to see this game. We'll, we'll have you on next week and uh, look forward to the content in the meantime. And, and I appreciate you coming on. All right. Sounds good, man. Have a great week and enjoy the game on Sunday. What the f*** though? Where the love go? Five, four, three, two. I let one go. Wow, get the f*** though. I don't bluff, bro. Aiming at your head like a buffalo. You a roughneck. I'm a cutthroat. You a tough guy. Enough jokes, then the sun died. The night is young, though. The diamond still shines in a rough hole. What the f though? Where the love go? Five, four, three, two, where the ones go? It's a show. Put your front row. Talk your bro.
Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.